Welcome and thank you for accepting our invitation for this Bible study and reflection for Wednesday, December 29th, 2021. As the calendar year 2021 comes to a close, I want to let you know how honored and humbled I have been to be able to share God's Word with you over the past year and a half, almost two years now. I greatly appreciate the encouraging comments many of you have passed along. You know, the dictionary definition of miracle is a surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. I truly believe that when we hear or see God's word, what happens next can be described as nothing short of a life-changing miracle. Thank you for being on this journey of learning, loving, living God's Word. Now let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for creating us in your image, and we are humbled that we bear your image in our thoughts, words, and deeds. Lord, we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to work in us, and that we bear your image in a way that lets the light of Jesus shine on others. It is in Jesus' name that we lift up this prayer. Amen. All right, you ready for another definition? The definition of religion is the belief in and worship of a superhuman controlling power, especially a personal God, capital G, or gods, lowercase g. This begs the question and something I've pondered for a while. Is Christianity a religion? But first, let's look at what does it mean to be a religious person from the viewpoint of Jesus. One of the greatest lies that Satan has imposed on the human race is that religion can save you. Now, by religion, I mean adherence to the beliefs and practices of religion in the hope that your performance will gain you right standing with God. Whether it is Buddhism, Islam, Hinduism, Judaism, or even Christianity, there have always been millions who mistakenly thought that obedience to their religion would earn them eternal life. In Philip Carey's book titled, Good News for Anxious Christians, he has this to say about the gospel, and I quote, If the gospel of Christ were a theory, then it wouldn't be worth much until you put it into practice. Practical application would be the only way to make it real in your life. But the gospel is not a theory to apply. It's a story to believe. It is good news that gladdens the heart. And it changes our hearts precisely by giving us something to be glad about, something we embrace by faith alone, not by doing something about it, end quote. The four Gospels make it clear that the most difficult people to reach with the Gospel are not the notoriously wicked, but rather the outwardly religious. There are numerous accounts of corrupt 
tax collectors and immoral people coming to salvation. They knew that they were sinners and that they could not save themselves. But it was the religious crowd that opposed Jesus and eventually crucified him. They were blind to their own sins of pride and self-righteousness. Their religion served not to save them, but to condemn them. But Jesus did not come to promote religion. He did not flatter those who were religious by saying that he was glad to see their religious activities and that he, too, was a religious person. When the religious leaders complained that Jesus socialized with sinners, he had something to say about being religious. This reading comes from the book of Luke, chapter 5, verses 29 through 32. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, who belonged to their sect, complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Also consider what Jesus said in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, verses 38 through 40. And here he is speaking of the teachers of the law or those who were considered to be highly religious. With their voices, they profess their love for God, but with their actions, they are merely dressing and acting in certain ways to elevate their own status. Jesus lets them know in no uncertain terms that this type of behavior comes with a cost. Here's the reading. As he taught, Jesus said, Watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses for a show, make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. Once again, Jesus tells the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. The Pharisees were considered to be a very religious group. And this reading is found in the book of Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you I'm not like the other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So up until now, we've been digging into what it means to be religious, 
during the time of Jesus. And now, more on my question, what, what more on my question about is Christianity a religion? Let's look at a passage in the Old Testament to begin my response to my question. Notice I said response, not answer. This reading comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verses 13 through 14. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. All right, so stick with me here. I'm not trying to lose you. I'm trying to tie this together. God's answer was, I am. Keep that in mind. Now let's look at how Jesus answers a question posed by his disciple Thomas. This is found in the book of John, chapter 14, verses 5 through 7. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus used these words many times in the gospel, and especially in the gospel of John. And those words are, I am. Also of note is the use of the term for the community of Jesus followers as being the way, and that's way with a capital W. Six verses in the books, book of Acts references the way. And if you'd like to look those up, they can be found in Acts 9, verse 2, 19, verse 9, 19, verse 23, 22, verse 4, 24, verse 14, and finally, chapter 24, verse 22. This can be confusing and sometimes controversial question of whether Christianity is a religion or not. If I had to sum it up in one word, it would be Jesus. One last thought on this subject I'll share with you. In a sermon, Dick Lucas, an Anglican minister, once preached, he recounted an imaginary conversation between an early Christian and his pagan neighbor in Rome. Ah, says the neighbor, I hear you're religious. Great. Religion is a good thing. Where's your temple or holy place? We don't have a temple, replies the Christian. Jesus is our temple. No temple? But where do your priests work and do their ritual? We don't have priests to mediate the presence of God, replies the Christian. Jesus is our priest. No priest? But where do you offer your sacrifices to acquire the favor of your God? We don't need a sacrifice, replies the Christian. Jesus is our sacrifice. What kind of religion is this, sputters the pagan neighbor? And the answer is, it's no kind of religion at all. Let us pray. 
Dear Heavenly Father and most gracious God, we thank you for your word, and we ask that you grant us wisdom, patience, and ability to discern your will and see your Son in your divinely inspired book we know as the Bible. Let us always remember that Jesus is the way. No one comes to you except through him. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Go in peace. Serve the Lord.